Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And uh, hi, we're having a good time. And we should probably... We start, already are having a good we time. We thought we should probably go ahead and just tape the show and, and do a show about it. So uh, my name is Chad Russell and I'm the co-host of this little ditty called Solid Steps Radio. And uh, if you've never heard of us, we hopefully today is your first and maybe not your last time of hearing of us. We are a show for men by men. We talk about things from a man's perspective. Uh, but we know a lot of ladies listen, uh, and I'm going to read a comment here a little later from a, a woman who listened and found our show, and she was kind enough to leave a comment on our Facebook page. And we'd love for you to give us some feedback. If you uh, enjoy our show, we'd love you to, to, to comment and let us know and how you've been encouraged. So uh, we talk about all kinds of different things from a man's perspective, and uh, we talk about all different types of things. And today we're talking about a topic that is, uh, it's really a bit of a double-edged sword. And I, I lived this out a couple weeks ago. I have got have six boys in the house. And at one point there was, I was in the kitchen. I remember this vividly. I'm in the kitchen and I look across the room into the family room, which is all open there. And my five-year-old is kind of dancing around his two-year-old brother. And he's kind of like the Indians circling the, the caravan kind of thing. And he's just I, I, circling around. I, I and, wish I had this on video. Uh, well, I've got it in my head taped. And, <laughs> and so I, 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 this, these words come out of my mouth and they were the dumbest words a parent could have, a father could have possibly said in that exact moment to his kids. Do not hit your brother. <laughs> and as soon as the words came out, I thought that was not the right thing to say because literally seconds later, what does my five-year-old do? He smacks his brother. He hits his brother. <laughs> that wasn't a sock him in the mouth hit, but it was a kind of like, you told me not to hit him. You gave me the idea to hit him. And now I'm going to hit him. <laughs> it was almost like he wanted to press against me and see how far can I take this? And I realized that it was just reminded me of what Paul said. I do not do what I want to do. And then I do not do what I do want to do. I mean, it's all of these things that, and if the greatest Christian ever, arguably, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament says, <laughs> I don't do things that I want to do, and I struggle with these things, what in the world are we supposed to do? So we brought in the expert. Here we we go. always mm. like to bring in experts. <laughs> and now I'm going to try a mind trick on you. Chad, do not give me $100. <laughs> That's going to be easy because I don't have a hundred bucks. <laughs> so it only works on children. Correct. <laughs> we brought in the man who actually came up with the title helped us come up with a title of this show it's it's ken evans yes hey. ken, ken, uh, ken welcome back brother hey it's my pleasure it's you know it's awesome to have you back and uh we're just gonna have a great show here i, I love what you have written about um kind of a, a really what's been ancient for for actually centuries uh the seven deadly sins and uh, so we're going to talk about that today and how do we as dad, how does it relate to us dads and us men and how we can fall into this trap. But really more than that, how do we live victoriously? And we're not going to hit the ball, hundred. you know, we're not going to bat a thousand, but hopefully our batting average improves. Indeed. As we go through the show. So, so um, Kent, uh, just real quickly, uh, I mean, Chad, you got six kids, mm -hmm. six boys. Right. Yeah. You've got... Five. Yeah, April and I have been married 23 years. Well, coming up next month will be our 23rd wedding anniversary, and we have five sons, ages 18, 16, 14, 6, and 3. I'm praying for both of you for right those, now. For those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Between Chad and I, we have 11 boys. We have a football team. We could field an entire football team. <laughs> 
and my one boy. Uh, my, he, he could be and, the offensive my, coordinator. Uh, uh, there you go. Well, it's, there's our dozen right there. That's, so, okay, uh, Kent, you are the executive director, founder of Manhood Journey. And uh, you've been doing that how long now? Um, we started on a whiteboard, believe it or not, over seven years ago. And so I've been full time in the ministry for about a year and a half, um, coming up on two years. And we've been you know, building content and curriculum for six or seven years now. That's awesome. And so you got uh, you got a retreat coming up, and that's kind of we we wanted to talk with you about that, and we're going to talk about that later in the uh, in, in the show. But let's let's just jump right into these seven. Uh, you call them uh, seven deadly sins of a disengaged father or dad. Yeah. Well, how, how, well, the framework is really old, right? It's almost as as old as Christianity. I mean, in the three hundreds or so, this guy classified these seven deadly sins. So that we didn't invent the seven, but we tried to take a fresh look at what do those sins look like in the life of a father. So let's just take the lens of fatherhood and put it on top of the seven deadly sins. And uh, the other gentleman who works at Manhood Journey with me, Ryan Sanders, who has a great background. He he has an MDiv and was at uh, uh, some fatherhood organizations before he came to Manhood Journey. And Ryan and I co-wrote this uh, piece to try to help dads look at this sort of age-old lens of the seven deadly sins and see if it can be used to help them grow as a father. And not just identify. We talked about that before the show. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, hey, I'm always angry. Well, okay, let's start becoming less angry, right? So, like, I hope what happens on the show today is we help guys maybe see what their life might look like through this lens of seven sins, but not to not to dwell on them. Let's dwell on the power of Christ to redeem this situation. Yeah, you know, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, he, he addresses, you know, the, the sins of the flesh. But then he says, but, you know, be filled, be filled with the Spirit, he says, and then we're to have the, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace. And so uh, let's just jump right into the number, the number one that you guys address yeah. um, is pride. Yeah. Describe that and so talk in, about in that the, a little bit. In the life of a dad, yeah. uh, pride looks like this. I have the power and I'm in control. Like I'm kind of running this show. And in a sense, right, this is where like the double-edged sword, right, of, of a lot of truth has a really dark underbelly, right? And so in a sense, yeah, the dad is to be the leader in the home. Like that's true. But the the what Satan does with that is he, he makes us egotistical and makes us prideful and then we start to think the entire family needs to revolve around us and our moods and our need for downtime and all the stuff that you know guys will talk about. Uh, but on the flip side of that, so I look at a scripture like, for example, James 4, 6, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, right? So if we take pride as a sin as a dad, here's how it looks, right? You may say, well, I'm a dad and I'm not really proud. Okay, well, um, let's investigate just a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just some, I'm not proud. <laughs> sometimes when our children come to us and say, hey, dad, can you? And what they're actually asking for is they want to interrupt us. How do you handle interruptions in your house? And if the, you handle them really badly, oh, I'm busy. I got this. I, uh, maybe underneath that is the sin of pride or maybe you you have teenagers who won't ever talk to you right we hear this all the time in our manhood journey ministry we hear guys say my teenager won't talk to me maybe that's because all you talk about is yourself maybe mm -hmm. again i'm not throwing stones i'm saying this is <laughs> self-reflective right <laughs> but on the flip side it is it is humility so so if you want to take pride and sort of root it out in your life 
uh, like like you said, Chad, earlier, you know, telling our children to not hit each other is one thing. And sometimes you have to do that. But at the same time, Kurt said before the show, what if we tell our children, be kind to your brother? What if we plant the seeds of the fruit we want in their life rather than just plant the seeds of the restriction they have to avoid? And so if you struggle with pride, the antidote is humility. Mm, that's good. Uh, how How do we... As you work with dads, Kent, how do we help a dad become more humble? Mm. I remember one time looking up the uh, one of the words used in the New Testament for humility. And that word uh, is to like level or to bring low. So think of it like a big pile of dirt and the dirt is all mounded up and you take a steamroller and you roll across that dirt and you make the dirt flat and level. That's the picture of humility that we see in the New Testament. So I got to thinking about that and thinking, well, that's why builders flatten ground is so they can build on it. And it is flatten ground for fun. They flatten it to build on it. And I think, wow, have I been flattened by God? Mm. Have there been moments where through my own stupidity, through my own sin, through counsel of wise people, including my own wife, have I been flattened? by God. And I think, you know, as a man, think back to the last time you just realized, man, I blew it. (laughs) I've been flattened by God. He's not doing that just so you feel bad, right? He's doing that so that he can build on that in your life. And, and, and that humility, it, it really, I, I, you've heard this many times, uh, you know, everything is level at the foot of the cross. Mm, And there's this, we, we we see others in, in light of uh, that I, I need them. Yeah. They need me. It's, it's yeah. how do how I don't think of myself more highly than I ought. Mm. And, and there's this, I, in fact, Philippians two would say, I, I want to honor them more than myself. Yeah. And I fail in this regularly, but my prayer is always, God, help me to put the needs of my family and my wife ahead of my own. Mm. And I don't do that every day by a mile. But that is my intent. That's the intent of my heart. So we get rid of this, number one, this pride, and we move towards humility. Lord, help me. Yeah. Help me to be humble. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's, let's just talk real quickly. Uh, the second one, Kent, yeah. is envy. Yeah, envy is a pretty obvious one in our American culture, right? Because it says, I deserve what you have, right? So uh, we were joking this morning. I, I wrote a book, you know, called Wise Guys, and we haven't sold a zillion copies, right? And we were laughing about the fact that, you know, I want a New York Times bestseller, right? <laughs> Where in the world? Why is my book not on some, you know, a TV show? Uh, and so we look at other authors and go, oh, I want his sales and that kind of thing. And so I, I, I can struggle with this same issue. But if we take envy and then we need to, to if you want to look at the other side of envy, you're looking at gratitude. Mm. And that is, man, God's given me so much and I've been so blessed. And the, the scripture that I have here is Proverbs 14:30. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. Mm. I'll tell you what, hold that thought. We're going to come back in the second segment and unpack that a little bit more. So uh, if you're brave enough to listen to this whole show, <laughs> because you may be convicted, we'd love for you to. If you can't catch all of this, we're going to be on our podcast uh, it posted on Monday on our Facebook page. So come on back. We've got a few more segments. We're going to talk about the seven deadly sins of a disengaged father. And not only this, the sins, but what is the place that God wants us to be, not just stay away from. So we're going to be back shortly and talk about that on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, we're with our guest, 
of Manhood Journey, Kent Evans, and uh, we are talking about the seven deadly sins and virtues as well of a disengaged father. And we are thankful for some sponsors who are not disengaged with us. They are very engaged with us, and we are thankful for that. Uh, Ellen and Credit Union, they are a staple in this community, uh, not just with finances, but just with uh, people in general. So we're very thankful for Ellen and Credit Union. Vision First, they help all of us see better, and you're not just a set of eyeballs to them. You're a person, and they really treat you that way. Frank Enterprises, with all the rain that we have had in the Kentuckyana area, uh, you probably got septic, you may have septic issues or you may have lane drain, land drainage problems. Frank Enterprises takes care of that stuff for you. Bright Star Home Care. More and more, you're going to have loved ones who want to live independently or having that struggle. And you want them to be able to live independently or make the transition about having some dependent help. Bright Star Home Care helps do that. Uh, Dan Hart Financial, if you want to put your money in spots where you say, I want to have a retirement that is God honoring or just be able to have some money later on when I'm older, Dan Hart Financial, he is a great individual to sit down with you and help be a good steward of your money. And then Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, uh, I'm, I've contacted them this week about doing something maybe later on in the year with the family. If you have not been to Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, you're missing out. If you want to send your kids somewhere for a couple of days, that's a great place to do it. Or if you want to have some team building exercises with your business or organization, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center is the place for that. Okay, so Kent, seven deadly sins. I, I love we're offering not just the seven deadly sins, but right. the antithesis of that, you know, you the biblical it. foundation of, you know, so pride, we want humility. And you touched on at the last segment, envy, and the flip side of that is gratitude. Yeah. How, how do we... How do we move away from envy and move more and more to have a, a, a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving? Well, call my wife and ask her how she's done it. Because <laughs> what she's done is she keeps a running list every year of things she's grateful for mm. in, a, in a notebook. And uh, that list hits thousands, like over a thousand things in a given year she will have written down with her own hand. And I think it's a lost art, right? It's a mm. lost art. So if you're struggling with envy... Start keeping a gratitude journal. Mm. Ready, go. Okay. <laughs> Simple as that. It, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Everything from, you know, uh, I have a job to my, my kid wanted to spend time with me to that burger was delicious. You know, like whatever uh, you can find. It's amazing. You could go through a day, a one working day of, a, of an awake time day. And I'll bet you you could find a hundred things to be grateful for. You know, George, I think it's George Mueller who used to, um, he, he, one day he, his, he, he, it popped and he said, I've never given thanks to God for my socks. <laughs> and Lord, thank you for yeah. my socks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, so a gratitude journal, that's a great yeah. way. In no, a notebook, uh, an iPhone, just start typing them in, text them to yourself, something yeah. where you keep some running record of what you have to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, the psalmist said, his praise will always be on, on my, my lips. lips. And so it's this, right. uh, I just, okay, Lord, help me, teach me, remind me to be grateful and have this list. Like of, I'm really grateful for my singing voice. And if you'd like, I'll demonstrate. <laughs> We prefer not. We would sing a joyful noise in your heart. <laughs> the listeners would not be grateful. Um, can't. Okay. So, so envy is is number two that you guys address in, in your book. Um, and then the yeah, flip side of that is gratitude. Let's talk about number three: anger. Anger. Uh, um, I, us guys, man, I, I can't read. I, I I I can't relate to this at all. No. In fact, the fact that you can't relate to this really ticks me off. 
<laughs> no, sorry. But um, let's talk about anger because I think most of us guys struggle yeah. with this. I, I heard someone say the other day, and I'm still processing this, but they we talked about frustration being the result of an unmet expectation. Like usually if you're frustrated, you have some expectation underneath. And this friend of mine told me last week, he goes, yeah, an anger is the result of an unmet demand. Mm. It's an interesting idea. I haven't totally rolled it around in my head yet, but the bottom line is anger, I think of the verse in James, right? James 119, right? 119 and 20. A man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And um, it is so easy as a dad to become angry. Uh, at least we've heard many dads say that to us. And me personally, I can become angry quite a bit. And rather than flip it on its ear and say, oh, the opposite of anger is maybe self-control. We'll talk about that when we get to gluttony. I think the opposite of anger is more like kindness. Uh, anger restrained is self-control, right? But the opposite of anger is kindness in my view. And it is that scripture that says a patient person shows great understanding, but a quick tempered one promotes foolishness. Proverbs 14, 29. So we can look at kindness or patience and other things on the flip side of anger. But at the end of the day, man, as fathers, we've got to eradicate anger from our lives. Yeah. But Kent, when, when my kid disobeys (laughs) and I just raise the anger level, you know, just raise it up a little bit. It shuts, it shuts it off. His, his bad behavior. It works. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, my boys and I have, I've had many, many, uh, instances where I've been too angry with my boys. And at the end of that, when things cool down and I go back to them and I'll say, you know, Alex or whomever, uh, dad was angry with you and I shouldn't have been. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And he'll say, yeah. And and sometimes they'll want to connect their sin to my sin. Well, that's okay, dad. You know, we were out of line or we were throwing a ball in the house or whatever. And I think as, as men, we do ourselves a great service by snipping that uh, umbilical cord right between their sin and my sin. I didn't get angry because my kids were acting like knuckleheads. I got angry because I chose to get angry. It's and if you can get to that place, man, you're home free. You are literally home free. If you, if you struggle with anger and you're listening to this right now and you admit the fact that your anger and how you act out of your anger is your choice, no matter what the other person does, then you are home free. Like it's, it's over. Like you've, you've cut the ties that bind you because the example we use so often, it's actually been thrown back in my face is Jesus was betrayed and murdered. Even so he had compassion for his attackers. So the other day, my son, Jeremy, was frustrated about something, and he goes, Dad, I'm so frustrated, and he was getting angry, and he goes, I know, Jesus was murdered, don't give me that. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty funny, right? But, but at the end of the day, Jesus is our example of, of how to have people attack you and not retaliate, and if he can do it, we can do it. Yeah, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Amen. so anger, um, move towards kindness. Lord, help me, kindness. help me to be kind. Um, number, number four that you guys address is the whole area of sloth. Yeah. This is one where I, we were talking off, mm-hmm. off the break, and uh, I don't think most guys would describe themselves as slothful. <laughs> I mean, we might say, hey, I get angry a lot. But I don't think we'd say, I'm a slothful I'm person. I'm just a lazy bum. But let me, f- let me talk about the times when um, y- you weren't as engaged as you would like to be, or you let something go with your children that shouldn't have been let go. Uh, they, they were on a, a tech device and they did something inappropriate and, and you didn't jump in and, and, and address that or, or they were gossiping about their friends and, and you didn't step in and say, hey, man, are we gossiping here? What's going on? It really looks, even though we don't, we don't use the word sloth a lot in our modern culture, it's basically the sin of being disengaged. Mm. It's the sin of saying, I'll jump in as soon as things are totally on fire. 
Uh, so to flip sloth around, let's look at something like diligence or intentionality or something where you say, you know what, I'm going to pray and observe what's going on in my family. And I'm going to try to engage before things are completely uh, on fire. So, okay. So like, can't, okay. I'm, I'm known to be industrious. I, I, I mean, when I go to work, I mean, I, we get her done. Uh, it happens, but you're really saying that's not what we're talking about. It's when we come home, and we, uh, in other words, would would be almost passivity. Yeah, but great word. I think I th- here's what I think the culture is convincing us that we work hard for seven or eight or nine hours a day or ten or however hard your life is, right? But we work hard all day, and we come home and we deserve to relax. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, baloney, right? I mean, baloney. You can actually work uh, all day. <laughs> like, it's possible to come home, serve your family, and go to bed exhausted at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. Like, that, that can happen. In those last three hours, I, I, I don't almost care what we do the first eight or nine hours of the day. Those last two or three mm. are, spiritually speaking, the most, two or, the most important two or three hours of our day usually. I think I heard. Uh, yeah, you, it's, it's, Chad, go ahead. Um, well, I think I heard somebody way smarter than me say once that it, this may be in the Jewish calendar, but the day doesn't start at 7 a.m. It starts at 5:30 p.m., meaning my day should begin at when I come home. Mm. That's the beginning of the day because the most important part of my day is when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. We think of it; it's the tail end of the day, so we leave. Mm. We have nothing in the tank it's a lot of it is a mental spiritual just mindset of saying okay my day begins now and then it just goes through to the next day wow. and it doesn't have to be this hard calendar it's just the idea of when i'm coming in at 5:15 the most important thing i will ever do today is in front of me not behind me so yeah you know uh there's a great preacher who um he would na- as he at the at this back door he puts a nail uh, in the back door and it's not it's not to hang his coat it's 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 a it's symbol there too. When it, when I come home, I'm I'm bringing home all the junk, and I'm going to leave it outside the house so that when I come in with my wife and my kids, I can be fully engaged, and I can be there. I can be present. It's a mindset and it's a prayer, right? When we walk in the door, and I don't do this every day. I don't want guys listening to think I, I do this every day. But I get out of my car, and when on the days when I'm on, right, when my mind is sharp. And I get out of my car and I say, hey, God, I know I'm getting ready to walk into the most important meeting I'm going to have all day. I understand that. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> I had a very busy, exhausting day and I can't do this. Mm. I will fail tonight as a dad if you don't do this through me. You know, I don't say all of that, but that's got to be my heart walking in. Right. Is I'm not going to walk in with all my greatness. God's got to work through me. Mm, That's good stuff. So we're going to take a break, be back for our third segment, talking more about the seven deadly sins of a disengaged father. And uh, if you want to hear this entire show in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast. What we do is if you're hearing this on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, the podcast of this commercial free gets posted on our Facebook page, on iTunes, and on SoundCloud on Mondays. So if you want to hear it commercial free, you can go to those three places. Just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll be able to hear us in our entirety. We're going to come back with Kent Evans of Manhood Journey, talk more about the seven deadly sins and also about an upcoming retreat that he has for father-sons. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. We are talking today with Kent Evans of Manhood Journey, and we are talking about the seven deadly sins of a disengaged father. Don't turn the radio. 
I know you're thinking, wait, this is way too much. I want to hear some sports or something. Listen, if you're a dad, we believe that you have a, uh, a destiny. If you are a father and God said, I'm going to give you these kids, uh, you are fulfilling God's destiny and you can never fulfill his destiny if you are not walking with Jesus Christ. Born again, God living in you. And uh, part of this journey of being a dad is, uh, is, is knowing your insides and you just as much as knowing your kids. And so we're talking today about uh, how can we be conscious of what's going on around us, both in our hearts, in our minds, and especially how that permeates through our family. Self-awareness, brother. Yeah. Um, mm. how, do we, how do we move towards a greater self-awareness? So can't, okay, we're on number, uh, what are we on? Number five, mm. uh, greed. What in the world? I, I, we don't struggle with greed around well, here. I'm sure whoever's listening to this show, you don't struggle with greed. No. But probably a friend of yours does. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, just listen so you can relay to someone else. Uh, greed, man, in our culture, goodness gracious, I deserve more, right? I deserve more. Uh, gimme, gimme, gimme. And it's not just always money, right? It's, it's greed of all sorts. Um, but let's talk about greed from a money standpoint. Um, and that is just how, how much is enough, mm. right? I know a guy who's a mentor, a kind of trainer of mentors, right? A mentor of mentors. And one of the questions he loves to ask a group of guys is how much is enough? Mm. And if you pause for a moment, you're driving down the road or you're thinking about that. Have you ever stopped to think how much is enough? And I remember having job choices along the way, and I was going to go back to this one place and work again, a place I did not like working, and it was stressful and painful, but I was going to make, you know, a couple thousand more dollars a year, whatever the number is. And my wife said, are you really going to go back there just for a few thousand dollars? Like, really? You can. And I thought, I had never really processed that my every decision I was making about jobs was always... How do I make more and more and more and more? And I never thought, gosh, is there a ceiling to this? Like, is, does it ever stop? And I think the answer is it probably doesn't unless you stop it yourself. I, I, you know, Kent, I think we are so accustomed in our American culture to just continue to want a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And we, we miss out on the flip side of that, which is contentment. Just do, uh, do, when you think about the verse, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. God knows, God so clothes the lilies of the field. Mm. Will he not clothe you? And we just think about how much of our time and mental energy is connected to our pursuit of additional financial gain. It's amazing in our, in our culture. And so we've got to take greed, flip it on its ear, and put on contentment. You know, Paul says uh, to Timothy, he says, but godliness, Timothy... But godliness with contentment is great gain. Great that gain. is that is the life. Godliness with contentment, that is the true life. And he says, Timothy, because you brought nothing into this world, and it is for certain that you will take nothing out of this world. How do we grow in contentment, Kent? That's a great question, and I'm not sure I'm an expert on it. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I still have those days where I think, man, I want the next thing. <laughs> You know, I want the next thing. Not so much like I have an amazing wife. I really have a cool boys. Like they got their issues. I got my issues. Like I don't live this perfect family life. But at the same time, I live the family life I'd love to live, honestly. I mean, I got, you know, we got our challenges in there. <laughs> Some days are really, really hard around our house. But I don't have like these big family issues where I look at someone else's family and wish I had that other family. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, I, you know, I'm, I'm a blessed man when it comes to my amazing wife and my five sons. 
on the, on the ministry side, you know, with Manhood Journey, man, I want I want more email subscribers. I want another speaking gig. I want my book to sell more copies. And uh, man, I gotta I gotta wrestle with that. Mm. I really still have to wrestle personally with contentment. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think so. All of you listening <laughs> for the answer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ask Kurt or Chad. You know, I I, I think we all really could. St- struggle with this we want a little bit more whatever it is M- more money more you know a bigger house a bigger this a bigger that more of more sales of of whatever bigger ministry lord teach me to can be content yeah paul paul says i have learned whatever yeah. whatever whether well fed or whether in, I'm, I'm totally hungry i've learned the secret of being content lord help me yeah. To, to be content. I, I don't want to live a life of greed. Adam no. and Eve had everything. And, and it wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough. Yeah. Oh. So part of that idea we have to know is there's a little thing called our flesh that is just there that will always be screaming for more. Yeah. Then the Holy Spirit says, mm, I'm enough. You know, so there's that whole battle there. Yeah. I, 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 that's that's a tricky balance for us guys. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on to the next one. Yeah, that's too uh, convicting. Keep the tape rolling. Let's go from greed now to gluttony. What yeah. in the world are you talking about here? Well, Kurt, that snack you have in front of you. Are you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You, you, you can, can have eat that. You can, can, I, have can I give you a visual of gluttony? Come to my house about 930 at night. I'll be standing in front of the fridge, chugging a, the milk gallon after I've taken some cookies. And I'm just like, <laughs> my wife will look at me and go, are you eating your emotions? And I will unabashingly say, yes, I am. <laughs> it just oh, makes man. me feel better. In Luke 12, man, life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. I think, you know, gluttony is... Uh, I traveled quite a bit for one job I had, and I traveled to Europe a lot. And I noticed uh, people would always say, you know, like Americans tend to be overweight. Uh, man, go to Europe, and you find out that is absolutely true. Like, it's amazing, honestly. The, just on average, if I close my eyes, you blindfold me, and you drop me into a country on earth, and I can tell you in two minutes whether it's America or everywhere else. Because in America, it's just unbelievable how on average, and I'm saying on average, how much more overweight we are than most other countries in the world. And Yeah, we we eat not not because we need to eat. We are eating just. Yeah, it's eating for pleasure, right? It's it's uh, as opposed to eating for fuel and eating for sustenance. We eat for pleasure. And God gave us great foods, right? I mean, there are things that that we are meant to enjoy. I'm not anti food, right? I'm not suggesting that we need to be that way. But we've got to learn um, how to eat to a place where we are not gluttonous eaters. All right. It's it's one of those sins where I remember a few weeks ago we had a guest preacher at our church and he was talking about, you know, the Sabbath is the one commandment of the 10. We just break all the time and we almost glorify breaking it uh, even inside the church. I think this is if you look at these seven sins and you look at all these sins together, gluttony is probably the one we semi celebrate a little in a in a sense in that, you know, we come over and it's all sugar and parties and more cookies. And it's, it's I, you know, I understand I got five boys. We got a birthday every two months. Right. I, like, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, but my wife has gotten really disciplined about finding ways to have delicious food in our home that is also actually good for you. Um, and she's become super intentional about that with some health challenges that she's had. And we've gotten a whole lot less. I know you walked through this, Kurt, too, with just the reduction of sugar in your diet. It's an amazing thing. Like I'm, the coffee I'm drinking has almost no sugar in it and a year ago that had been unthinkable uh for me and just it's all connected to what we where we find our wholeness mm-hmm. and where we find comfort uh and we sh- and, and and food is not meant to give us comfort 
It's meant to give us sustenance. God gives us comfort. He is the comforter. And if we find ourselves gluttonous, probably something missing in our heart. Wow. Well, I was going to say. Is that too rough? No, please. Sorry. Please, by all means. You know, I was just wrote, wrote this down. God is an inside out God, priority wise. He's more concerned about our insides than our outsides. If you look at the words that Jesus, the most mm. harsh words he had were for the Pharisees. You are empty, you're dead man's bones yeah. is your insides. Your outsides mm. are doing one thing. So a lot of these sins we're, we're covering are outside behaviors. Don't do this outward behavior. Yeah, You just track it right back to where? In our chest, the heart. our heart. And so why am I standing in front of a refrigerator just feverishly looking for something that has a lot of sugar and chocolate and a gallon of milk in my hand by the refrigerator fiending like I'm a, an addict. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This is kind of an issue outwardly. Why am I acting like this? Because at the end of the day, I'm tired, I'm frustrated and, or whatever it might be, that's an outside reflection of what's going on inward. Yes. I want a GoPro camera in the back of Chad's refrigerator. <laughs> like, you know, that's on like a webcam that I can see anytime. I just when the doors open and see Chad with his wide eyes. I'll just, shut, the chocolate? I'll just shut the refrigerator and then do everything I need to do outside of it. So. You know, I, I mean, literally, I mean, like last night, it's it's so easy. I mean, after dinner, I mean, I almost I look at Nancy and go, hey, honey. So what's for dessert? Right. You know, right. Because I, I, we want that next thing. And um, again, it, it ties in a little bit to to the whole greed thing, you know. God, oh, sure, yeah. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Lord, teach me, teach me contentment. Help yeah. me, help me to grow, to be content. It's um, a muscle that needs to be flexed. Yeah, it needs to be worked out. If we don't work that muscle out, then it will atrophy, just get small. Well, and, and that's the beauty of, <clears throat> and, and this is a whole other show, but the, the the beauty of the spiritual practices, mm. especially from you know our the, the our the desert fathers and and mothers of centuries ago, of how they would, you know, eliminate certain things so they could move towards a greater um, freedom, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God wants us to walk in freedom, so we don't have to have this next chocolate, you know, thing or whatever, this gluttony. So, no. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back, and we're going to finish up here with uh, Ken Evans, and we're going to talk uh, kind of over-encompassing about these sins, but not just the sins to not do, but what do we do in place of, and we've done those in the past three seconds. We're going to finish up with that, and we're also going to talk a little bit about an upcoming retreat that he has. It's a father-son retreat. It's here in Louisville, Kentucky, but it's open to anyone. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what that entails, when, and, and how you can be a part of that. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Uh, we just came out of a gluttonous break <laughs> where I beeline to a vending machine to find some chocolate to shove in my face because I'm a glutton, of course. We talked about that in the last segment. We're talking about the seven deadly sins of a disengaged father. And uh, our last segment was way too convicting. We talked about gluttony. And um, what's what's the flip side of that? Yeah. We, we, what, what is the flip side please of do. that? The flip side Kent, of that is... Help us, Kent. I'm going to help you. Self-control. Mm. The flip side of that is self-control. Finding a way to uh, see the fruit of that spirit manifested in your life where you know when enough is enough. So, you know, it's interesting of all the fruit of the spirit. That's the last one. Mm. Paul sums it up and goes in. Yeah. And the last one is self-control. Yeah. How, just real quickly. Um, how, how do you personally grow in the area of self, self-control? 
Next question, please. Okay. <laughs> move on to the next one. Um, this is all theory. No, I mean, Kurt, this is truly, theory. Truly, that's one of those where um, you have, you I've, have. I've searched through scriptures. I've done a lot. I, I just think for me, it comes down to a matter of the heart. It comes down to what I want, what I chase, what I'm after, uh, how much time I spend in God's word. I find a direct correlation to how big of a jerk I am. It's about a three-day lag from how much time I spend in God's word. Like literally, I'm not kidding. If I go three or four days, I'm traveling or I'm whatever, and I don't spend time in God's word, man, the worst Kent comes out. And so for me, self-control tends to trend with the amount of time I spend in God's word. I, you know, bro, I, amen to that. We, the word says, I mean, over and over again, yeah. you know, how much we need it. Um, because lack of self-control just reveals something else. When we delight you know, in the law of the Lord day and night. That's right. We, we Psalm are, 119. We are like right. a tree planted by streams of water, which right. yields its fruit in season. When we have the word of God, when we're meditating on it, reflecting it, we're reading yeah. it, we're studying it, we're memorizing it, we are, we're going to move more and more towards the fruitful life. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so um, that's that's gluttony. We need self control. That's the flip side of that. The last the last one you address is the area of what lust. Lust. Put off lust and put on guarding your heart, uh, because lust. We see lust a lot. It's like I I want something. I'll do anything to get it. Even if I know it's wrong, I think of the Psalm one hundred and one. I will not set any worthless thing before my eyes. And I know when we talk about lust in the context of a men's show, we're talking about usually like sexual lust, but lust is this pursuit of the forbidden or the, or the pursuit of something we shouldn't have. Mm. And it's our flesh warring against us. And I, and I think there's a, a tremendous amount of resources uh, for guys if this is kind of one of your core issues. I think for this one, we, we've got to get to a place where we get upstream of the problem. Uh, I heard one guy say, uh, there are going to be moments when you're weak. And you need to control for those moments when you're going to be weak, when you are strong. Mm. So if you need a boundary in your life, put the boundary in place when you're strong, mm. like in the daylight with people around, you know, like, like maybe literally, maybe not, but find a way to restrict yourself or restrict your access when you're strong. Cause when you're weak in this area, it's too late. It's, it's often too late, right? You're already kind of careening off the edge. Yep. Wow. So, uh, guarding your heart. I remember uh, years ago, uh, Proverbs chapter four, it says, above all else, guard your heart. And I remember I, I, I was praying, uh, Lord, guard my heart. Lord, guard, guard my heart. <laughs> and I, 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 it, was, it was a wise person said, Kurt, God's, God's not going to do that. He's given you that. It says, it doesn't say, Lord, guard your heart. It says, you Guard your heart. Guard your heart. How, how do we do that, Kent? I think that, um, at least I'll tell you how I do it, and I'm not sure that I'm the perfect example, but I can only speak from my own uh, experience, and this will sound like a broken record. When my head is full of God's Word, my heart is guarded. And, and for me, guarding my heart is a tough one to follow because it's kind of like, what do I do? Like, you know, do I sharpen a pencil? Do I throw a baseball? Like, I mean, <laughs> give me something like physically to do. And for me, guarding your heart's like a tough one for me because it's like, what does that feel like? But I can read God's word every day like that. I can control. I can control my amount of time I spend in God's word. And for me, I, I believe that scripture that says, and Kurt, you probably know the reference off the top of your head, but the scripture that talks about God's word is powerful sharp as a double-edged sword, even to the piercing of joint and marrow. And I think there's a reason 
that God used that word picture because I believe, and I'm coming as I age to believe more and more, God's word actually alters my DNA. Like I actually believe that the more time I spend in God's word and not just his logos, not just the written word, but God's word, the rhema, the, the life of Christ, the word incarnate alters who I actually am. Like my body is actually altered. It changes us. And I, and I think over time you find this increasing returns for God's word. It's like investing in a bank account that gets eight or 5% a year, you know, before you know it, your money doubles. Right. And I think over time, God's word has this compound interest effect in our heart. And for me, God's word is the answer to how to guard your heart. That's that's awesome. And it's interesting. I, you know, Billy Graham, we just celebrated his life and somebody asked him, you know, Billy, if you had to do it all over again, if you start all over, what, and it was interesting what he said. Um, if I, I, I would have spent even more time. I mean, he spent massive amounts wow. of time, but he said I'd even spend more because he he believed what what you're what you're saying there. Yeah, that it changes us. Yeah, God's truth will change. There's a reason why God says, you know, His word restores, replenishes, feeds, nourishes. It Those may- are all biological references. They're references to our very skin. Our, we were talking last night with my boys and something about, and someone said, yes, we are a carbon-based life form. You know, we laughed about that. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and it's this notion that God put elements in the world for a reason, chemical elements. We're all made up of chemical elements. And there's, a, there's something about God's word that I think really, really feeds our actual bodies, our brains, our minds, our souls. Yeah. And so when we struggle with lust... We, we, how do we guard our heart? We go back to the, the truth of God's word. And, and there's a ton of resources for guys, right? If this is kind of your, your issue that you've struggled with big time, then there's lots of resources. If you're entrapped by lust, it's because you're not looking for a way out. Because there's tons of great preachers, resources, tools for guys to figure this out. Uh, and Manhood Journey isn't the author of all that stuff, but we want to at least touch on the subject. Let me just um, um, mention, too, many times when we struggle with lust... We are. We have a wound that has not been dealt with. Mm. We have. A, we have an injury in our soul, in our spirit. Maybe from our father. Maybe from our our family of origin. But we need to address that. And yeah. and uh, so that. But that's a whole nother show. But anyway, Kent, it's been awesome to have you. Run through real quickly right. these seven deadly sins and the antithesis. You got to it. That. So for pride, we we're going to put off pride and put on humility. For envy, we're going to put off envy and put on gratitude. For anger, we're going to put off anger and put on kindness. For sloth, we're going to put off sloth and put on diligence. For greed, we're going to put off greed and put on contentment. For gluttony, we're going to put off gluttony and eat more chocolate. No, hang on. (laughs) Put off gluttony and put on self-control. And for lust, we're going to put off lust and we're going to guard our hearts. Mm. Okay, Kent. Changing directions real quick. You've got a really cool retreat, father son retreat. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, briefly, we have, we want to spend, give those guys, as Chad said during the break, those guys who've said, if, if you're a dad listening right now and you've said, man, I want to take my son and spend some dedicated time, I want to he, he and I to hang out, have some fun, also maybe work through some Bible study, listen to some great speakers. We've built the retreat for you. It's May 18th and 19th. It's at Country Lake Christian Retreat Center in Southern Indiana. And the purpose of the retreat is really twofold. One, have a great time with your son or someone you're chaperoning. You may have a nephew or a neighbor who is fatherless or in a, in a weird situation where you can bring that, that young man under uh, your wing. Bring him to the uh, retreat. We call it Project Manhood. And one is have a great time. The second is 
put you, the dad, in position to be the discipler of your own children. Mm-hmm. So we that's the heartbeat of the manhood journey ministry is that so many guys fall into this trap and we're tempted to turn the raising of our children, the, 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 the discipling of our children in Christian faith. We want to turn that over to the professionals, right? And give it to Kurt. He's got a Bible degree, you know, like give my kids to the youth pastor and that kind of thing. Um, dads, man, it's your job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my job as a dad to disciple my children in the Lord. Not just to teach them how to balance a checkbook or hit a baseball. In fact, if you look, you'll see this multi-million hit view uh, um, uh, video recently by David Platt, where he talks about if you're more interested in teaching your son how to hit a ball than how to understand scripture, you are missing the point of being a dad. Mm. Oh, it's a great video. I encourage you to look it up. Uh, but he's dead on, dead spot on that. And that's why we built the retreat. So let's spend 24 hours focusing in on some things we're going to do. And we're going to have a great time. We've got five speakers from mm. five different local area churches dates, uh, in Louisville. The dates on that? May 18 and 19. And you can register for that event at manhoodjourney.org, manhoodjourney.org. Guys, as you are listening, put that on your calendar, sign up, and make it happen. Kent, it's been awesome to have you. Would you close us in prayer? Pray for us guys right now that we would be men who don't follow the seven, but we'd (laughs) we'd walk in the spirit. You got it. Uh, Father, man, I'm so glad to be here with two brothers I really love and respect. Uh, Chad and Kurt, and I pray you continue to grow their ministry. I pray for the guy listening to this show that you would pour your spirit out on that guy and that he would not uh, take away from this show that there are seven deadly sins, but he would take away from the show that there is a redeemer who lives, who wants to redeem him from those seven deadly sins and and others. But man, maybe that we would walk today in the power of your Holy Spirit and your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. So if you're listening today and you're thinking, man, I can't do all that. That's a whole lot of work. So here's the thing. We're not saying you're supposed to manage your sin. Uh, The manager of sin took care of that at the cross. Mm. And so what are we supposed to do in all this? The great thing about this, Jesus says, you can do nothing apart from me. So if you're going to manage all these things and not do these things, you're going to fail. But he did say also the great thing is you can do all things through me. So all of these things, we just turn to the source of life and we say, Jesus, we need you to do these things. And he's given us that through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So it's we were saved by grace. And now it says in Romans, we are standing in grace. So by his grace, we are able to defeat these things through his power. So guys, if you're listening, you can do this but you can't do it without Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we just pray that's what we're doing. And we also want to thank all of our listeners for listening. Pass this on. Regina posted on our Facebook page. She heard Solid Steps Radio today. She was blessed and it touched her heart. Regina, thank you. And we thank for anybody else who's listening. Pass this along. We really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.